Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. First day after baseball season. And yeah, it is after baseball season. Not to be that guy. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins right where you found this. There is no baseball. Once the Pirates are done. I've been like that forever. Not really sure why. I watch other football. I watch other hockey. Watch a ton of other football, and I watch a ton of other hockey. I never watch other baseball. And I think some of it's that whole general distaste that I've expressed a lot on this show for the sickeningly imbalanced economics of the sport. I, I watch the Dodgers, you know? And I just see a team with a $300 million payroll that was able to go and snap a finger and add Max Scherzer and Trey Turner like it was nothing. You know, they had a need. They were like, okay, well, let's just go get one of the three best pitchers on the planet. Let's just do that. And then that's all I end up thinking about, you know. And the other component is it's baseball. And it's not like your team has a whole bunch of nights off. The team that I cover plays the same number of games as everybody else does, and it's almost every day. So you don't have a free night where you go, hey, it's such and such night. Let's watch some other baseball team. To me, baseball has always just been the Pirates. I'm born and raised here. That's just what baseball has been. So When the season ends, for me, it really, really ends. Like Sunday was it. You won't catch me commenting in any way, shape, or form on what happens in playoffs, World Series, whatever it is, unless there's some kind of Pittsburgh connection. And I'll apologize to everybody in advance on that front. This show, through the offseason, is going to be about the Pirates, first and foremost. And that means all the various things that the Pirates might or might not be doing over the course of this winter. We're going to learn at least a little more, I would think, about those plans later this afternoon when Ben Charrington has his season wrap-up 
meeting with the media. I'm looking forward to that. He's not going to sit there and, you know, spell everything out. Well, I'm going to get this guy and then I'm going to get that guy and then we're going to move so and so. But you're at least going to get a feel for whatever the vision might be for 2022 in particular. Do they do something uh, in terms of adding from the outside to bolster positions in Pittsburgh so that you don't have another 100-loss season? This can't go on. I keep saying that. You can't just wait for the Greensboro Grasshoppers to arrive and expect people to be patient with you. And by people, I don't just mean the fans and the media. I'm talking about people inside the organization. At some point or other, sooner rather than later, you need to have results in Pittsburgh. And to that end, I am here today to advocate for keeping one player who I think might make the biggest difference in 2022. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you always by our friends at the North Shore Tavern. Everyone knows about Steak on a Stone by now, and if you don't, get down there and just ask for that. It's an eating experience. But those of you who do know about that might not know that North Shore Tavern also has great cocktails, 28 taps, and Delusions Adult Slushies. Check out North Shore Tavern directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. And yes, they are open once baseball season is over, which, if I haven't mentioned it already, it is. I'm not going to suggest that keeping Yoshi Tsutsugo should be the Pirates' first order of business this winter. I'm not going to suggest that it should be their top priority. They have bigger ones. But I am going to suggest that they give it a shot. I am. I, I saw so much. We all did. With that bat. His ability to hit for power. His ability to drive the ball the other way. Dude can just hit. I don't care that he's going to turn 30 years old in November. I honestly don't care all that much that he can't field. Certainly not in the outfield. There's enough there that the bat should play. And if the bat performs anywhere close to what he just showed in his six weeks with the Pirates, 43 games, 8 home runs, 25 RBIs, 268 batting average, 893 OPS. This is a bat. This is a real bat. It's a middle-of-the-order bat. And those don't exist everywhere. And those don't come, by the way, with qualifiers as to where they can play in the field. Every time someone sees a player like this, and yeah, I'm not trying to couch this. Yoshi was just a butcher in right field, and he was barely adequate at first base. But when you have a player who's hitting like that, it just doesn't statistically matter. Want some proof of that? Okay, these Pirates just went 61 and 101, and they finished, ready for this, tied for first in all of Major League Baseball in fielding percentage and for fewest errors with 70. 
And what did that get them? I mean, it's nice. I gave them lots of credit throughout the season for their improved defense, for their improved overall fundamentals. I stuck up for them in this category back when it wasn't cool, meaning when Will Craig was running the dude back to home plate and when Cabrian Hayes was missing a bag on a home run. These are all things that got a lot of attention, but they weren't at all reflective of what was happening. Great. They got really, really good defensively. And it didn't really move the needle much. This is a game of hitting and pitching. How much would Yoshi cost? It's really hard to say. Really, really hard to say. He is a true free agent, so let's start there. If some other big shot team, big revenue team like, oh, let's say the Dodgers again, since they already employed him once and probably would want to take credit for his surge in Pittsburgh since that really began in the Dodgers minor league system. If the Dodgers want him, they can have him. They're going to have him. You're not going to get into any kind of bidding war for this player. He's not that valuable. But if you're looking at the salary that he just made, which was $7 million each of the last two seasons, that's a price I'd pay. I'd be in that range if I'm the Pirates. I'm not 100% sure what you would do with him. Because you have Colin Moran at first base, you really, really, really don't want him in the outfield if it can be avoided. But that's a price that I'd pay. Not on any sort of significant, dramatic, long-term deal. But in fairness, Yoshi really hasn't proven himself on this side of the water yet either. Having six outstanding weeks doesn't even offset the parts of the other two seasons that he spent here between the Tampa Bay and Los Angeles organizations. So he has something to show. So maybe there's something that can be worked out here. I I hope, I hope for the Pirates' sake that there is, because this lineup obviously, obviously could use his pop. When you get really down to what went right for the Pirates in going 13 and 12 in their final 25 games, most of it, most of it really is that Yoshi came along. That's not to say he's the one that was carrying them to victories and whatever. Brian Reynolds was still Brian Reynolds and so forth. But Yoshi was the difference. Yoshi was the one player who came in from the outside who picked the team up. And I'm okay. I'm okay with keeping him around within, within reason. When we come back, just one question. It's time for just one question, and today's J1Q comes from Chaz, who asks, I listened to you going around the diamond yesterday on the podcast, and it sounds reasonably decent. How's that for faint praise, says Chaz. I know you said you have no idea who will play the corner spots in the outfield, but if you had to take a stand 
Do you think they're on the team now, or will they be signings or trades? I do think Ben Gamble could be a decent corner guy, even though you do not think he should be a starter. No, I don't. I don't. And uh, Gamble has no bigger backer in the city of Pittsburgh than in me, and I would not want him starting. I would want a team that is building with youth to try to develop outfielders. So I might look instead toward a Rodolfo Castro or depending on the pace of his recovery from the shoulder surgery, a Travis Swaggerty. I'm not a Jared Oliva guy. I mean, I always feel like I should mention him just to check off a box, but I'm not there. Uh, maybe he'll have some kind of who knows what resurrection or whatever. I don't know. I've never seen the, the guy do anything good, not with my own eyes. I just see his name pop up on prospect lists. But in Pittsburgh, I've never seen him do anything that would make me think, oh, yeah, let's see more of that guy. You know, and, and you do have to kind of make that impression. Not everybody has to be Castro, you know, who comes up and homers in his first five at bats or do what O'Neill Cruz just did over the weekend. Show something, you know? Don't don't come up and just vanish, which is what Oliver did. Ideally, to try to answer your question here, and as you can tell, it's not easy, the Pirates would have internal options. They would have players where they could say, all right, well, we can put this guy here or that guy there. I'm not into the Cole Tucker as outfielder thing either. We saw enough of that. That's not a dig at Cole in any way, by the way. He was thrust out there, and he did absolutely his best, if you'll remember some of his efforts out there. But that's a really tough spot to be put in. Hey, kid, we want you to play the outfield. I, we know you haven't done it before here, and it's the major leagues, but here's a glove. Go get him. That's, that's rough. So there isn't a lot out there. There isn't a lot that you could look at and say, wow, hey, these are going to be some tough choices. There are no choices. There are no outfielders. So, yeah, I, I could see Charrington going to the outside, similarly to how he did, not so much with Gamble because that was in season, but if you go back to the last offseason, bringing in Dustin Fowler to compete with Anthony Alford. I, I, see, I left Alford out. Alfred actually had a really nice September, too, and I just keep forgetting about him because I can't stand his at-bats. I can't stand watching him at the plate. Just There's just no approach. But I, I digress. It's tough, okay? It's tough. Outfield is tough right now for this team. There's no question about that. And I don't know that that's going to be solved in any form by next February. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. Let's do another one tomorrow. <laughs>